Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 68, where we're discussing Through the Looking Glass, part one, from season three of Lost. There you go. Good as new. Thanks. The news people are waiting for you outside. You being a hero and all. Great. The woman, how is she? She's been stabilized. Thank God you were on that bridge. Right. Sorry, no visitors in the yard. We used to be married. Come on in. What happened? This, uh, a car accident. You okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Are you drinking again? Are you Jack? No. Why did you come down here, Sarah? I'm still listed as your emergency contact. <sighs> what were you doing driving around at 2 o'clock in the morning? Give me a lift home. I don't think that would be appropriate. Well, thanks for coming down, sir. Goodbye, Jack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we're discussing part one of Through the Looking Glass, the season three finale, um, an amazing episode. And I'll say right up front here that if you hear noise and banging in the background, don't be alarmed. We're having office renovations being done here. And that leads me into the next point, which is because we don't have a good space for doing our video in, uh, there will be no vidcast for part two of Through the Looking Glass. So we're instead, we're going to probably do one on one of the more amazing episodes in season four, probably The Constant or something like that. And um, we'll uh, bring that to you then. But um, I will also say we have watched both parts of the season finale, um, but we're going to be splitting them up into two episodes, mostly for time. And um, But we may make some references to you know the season the part two of the season finale uh within our notes you know for this episode so if you haven't seen the second part of the season finale uh you may not want to listen to some of this podcast but we will make sure and try to note and warn you if we're going to say something from part two 
But before we get into the discussion about the episode, I just want to remind everyone how we're trying to do our feedback from here on out. Uh, we set up the forums over at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums where you can post your notes on individual episodes. We have a new section called, I think it's a podcast episode discussion. And uh, the way we're going to do it is try to keep comments, you know, about specific epi- episodes kind of grouped together, you know, by mm-hmm. episode. And so, for example, today uh, we would pull up the thread for part one of Through the Looking Glass, and we might use various comments throughout that thread uh, in the show just to kind of help the discussion a little bit. So you can go on over there and leave your comments. I'll try to create uh, threads for episodes, you know, in the future um, ahead of time so you have plenty of time to get there and make your comments before we record. All of that being said, <laughs> let's jump into this bad boy. All right. Um, so the first section I covered was the whole, you know, kind of flashback of Jack. Yeah. And, um, you know, we see him. He's got this nasty beard, and he's just <laughs> kind of sitting in a plane. He's really drunk and cranky. You know, he's flying to L.A., you know, when he notices an ar- you know, obituary in the paper. Mm-hmm. It clearly disturbs him. He's kind of upset. And after landing, he's driving around, and he stops on a bridge. He's looking at the obituary and crying and tries to call someone on his cell phone. He says he just read, and then he trails off, hangs up. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out of the car, gets up onto the ledge of the bridge. Yeah, he, he says, forgive me, and he's about to jump when there's a car accident right on the bridge behind him, and he's got a new problem to solve. Yeah. Thoughts on that section there? <laughs> oh, man. Well, it, when it first came on there, I was, you know, I was watching it, and I was like, man, Jack has a real ugly, long, fake beard on, you know? And then, <laughs> um, you know, and then I told my wife, I said, um, see, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this, but he does, he looks older, uh-huh. you yeah. know? And, um, I, yeah, I told her, I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe I said either, I said, it seems kind of like a flashback. I said, eh, but it may be, um, the future somehow. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but like early on this episode, I realized, I've thought to myself that this has to be something later on. Uh-huh. Um, just because the way he was acting, I couldn't see that. I, one, one part of me made me think it was still Sarah uh-huh. that he was, but exactly. that's what I thought too. You I know, is like, okay, he's still having this issue over Sarah, but the, I was looking at the timeline and I couldn't see that much room mm-hmm. for that type of meltdown. Yeah. You know, yeah, I see what you mean. um, you know, from when his dad was in Australia and we saw, we saw Jack go to Australia, mm-hmm. you know, and it was fairly, you know, in the timelines seemed fairly short after his divorce and things like that. And we saw him kind of go and, um, watch Sarah. Yeah. He was having a, like a breakdown, but not like this. I mean, yeah. this is like, yeah total catastrophic yeah which i mean it says something like i said we will discuss stuff from part two and obviously we know this is a flash forward right um but what's so amazing to me and this we probably could discuss this later but it just hit me now is like yeah i mean sarah was probably one of the worst things Mm -hmm. you know in terms of his life and how badly it affected him was probably the worst thing that ever happened to him yeah but this was worse oh yeah definitely the effects it seems like it's all about them getting off of that island yep and it's like that messed him up this much. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Which is so totally interesting to me. But yeah, we'll save the rest. Yeah, of we'll save the rest of it. But I just, I mean, uh, oh, I just, <laughs> I, 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 okay. Every episode, if I don't hit my mic, then you know that's that's a thing that you know, we have to mark down because every time I do. So, but um, um, 
it was just interesting to me because whenever I saw it, um, I was watching part one and I was like, I told, I told my wife, I was like, I think this is the future. I don't think uh-huh. it's the past, but just because the way he kind of looked, um, but like I said, you know, or like you have said, we, we'll kind of talk about that later, but, yeah. um, obviously Jack's in the midst of a major breakdown. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And something has caused him to go over the edge. Like, oh yeah. Um, you know, the pills, the drinking, like he's, what struck me with this episode the first time was how different he is than he was. Mm-hmm. And what in the world could have happened to cause that? And, uh, yeah, there are other steps. Oh, too, yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, Jack's in the hospital getting stitched up after the accident, and Sarah shows up at the hospital and asks Jack about what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, she's really concerned about him and his drinking and all this stuff. And he clearly didn't take the divorce very well. You know, we can tell just by his interaction with her at that time that, like, he's still very upset and really sore about the whole divorce. Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, we later see him popping some pills, you know, while checking the chart of the woman who was in the car accident, he's confronted and all that stuff. And just has this really odd interaction with this other doctor. It becomes really clear that, um, he's totally let go of himself and everyone around him knows it Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. We also see that Sarah's pregnant. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Which, you know, kind of, alludes to the fact that her life has definitely moved on uh-huh. and you know yep. and uh, Jack I guess two things one one since because uh, she said he says like what are you doing here then she's like mm-hmm. well I guess you never change your emergency contact information yeah. you know one that kind of indicates either he still definitely does have some serious like feelings still there mm-hmm. or he's so far removed after he's whatever happened right. to him here is that he just doesn't even think about those things anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just like, whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. And it, it just was really sad. It's like Sarah's moved on. Jack is like in the mo- worst moment of his life mm-hmm. and there's no one else there for him. Yeah. And the exchange with the new doctor was just awful too. I mean, yeah. you hate to see anybody kind of get messed up like that, but you know, you, you imagine someone like Jack's character. I think it was such a bad thing to watch because it's so, opposite of what you know about jack yeah it, it's a lot more like christians mm-hmm. you know in in his you know drunken haze yeah you know so yeah i think so too it's it's really almost you know it's ironic how much he became like his dad mm-hmm. in the future and i think you know what this actually probably makes jack understand his dad a little bit more mm-hmm. you know i mean had he i don't know what has happened since you know um he saw him, you know, chasing around the jungle and found out some things about him. But like, yeah. I think now he probably, he understands the lows, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, kind of goes true in our, our life as well. It's like, yeah, there's a song that says that I forget who sings it, but it says, yeah, what it's like to walk in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we look at someone and we see all these faults in people and all these yeah. things, but until you actually are that person or going through something like that, you have no idea or right to yeah. look at them you right. know, in any other way. Yeah. And Jack has realized, you know, things have happened to him, obviously that, that brought him to that same. Exactly. Low. And now he's doing the things that he hated his father for doing. Mm-hmm. So on the Island, you know, they're prepping to counterattack the others, you know, and, uh, Jack gathers up the group. He's taking, you know, taking all of them to the radio tower where Danielle recorded her distress call. On the way, Naomi stops Jack and shows Jack how to use the sat phone, you know, to call the freighter that she came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, Kate and Sawyer are talking, and she tells him that Juliet checked to see if she was pregnant. 
Uh, so clearly, she, either she thinks she was pregnant, or yeah, or or this could just be part of Juliet's orders. Right, you know, she was supposed to check all the women, um, but clearly Kate seemed to be concerned somewhat that she was pregnant as well. And uh, Sawyer decides he's going to go back to the beach, and Juliet goes with him to show him where some guns are hidden. But before she goes, she and Jack have a kiss. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Th- so there's a relationship going on there. Definitely. Uh, and the interesting part was how Sawyer reacted to Kate, you know, was the whole, well, let's hope not, you know, Mm -hmm. to the pregnancy and, you know, just very cold. Yeah. Um, But later Jack kind of has a conversation with her about that too, you know, Mm -hmm. which was pretty good. Yeah, that was awesome. That was the next note I had. But the Sawyer thing was interesting. To me, it's like that comment and his reaction showed how he really felt about Kate. Yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah, he thought she was hot and, you know, he wanted to be with her and that was all he really cared about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that until Jack said what he said, which makes total sense too. Right. Yeah. You know, that's true. Which is, you know, you know, we can go into that. Uh-huh. I guess it says that Jack had told him that or t- told Kate, you know, he only did these things and said he didn't want he, you know, didn't want her to go is because he, cared about her and he wanted to protect her mm-hmm. and then um basically jack goes around and says i said the same thing that's why i didn't want you to come back i didn't want anything yeah. to happen to you then he says because i love you you know yeah. i tell you this because i love you kate you know right yeah it goes back to that whole that whole scene where he told her you know not to ever come back for him and we kind yeah. of attributed that to him getting over her and he didn't want her to be around because he needed to get past her mm-hmm. but yeah he says it was because he he wanted to protect her that yeah kind of thing which I didn't think about that either. I think, I mean, Sawyer was going back to the beach because he wanted to do what he could to fight yeah. the others mm-hmm. and protect them from, you know, protect her. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Which that's, I mean, I kind of now look at it. I'm like, man, no, actually Sawyer, he loves her, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, that's, uh, the thing with, uh, Jack was kind of weird too. It's like, he just kissed Juliet and then yeah. he says, cause I love you, Kate. Yeah. It kind of left me weird, like a, a weird feeling. It's like, you know, don't, you know, I hope he's, it's, it's hard to think about him being torn between two people. I hope, I guess at this point that he's moved on to Juliet, but he does have a love for Kate, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I totally like, I just made the connection that it's kind of like the whole experience with Sarah. He, he finally learned to accept that she wasn't with him. She was with someone else. Mm-hmm. He still loved her, Yeah, but he accepted that she was with someone else. And it's almost like he's done the same thing with Kate. Yeah. He does really love her, but she's with Sawyer, and he accepts that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he has gotten over all those issues with Sarah. Yeah, I think. yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think so too. Um, and I hope he's, in a sense, gotten over the thing with Kate because mm-hmm. I don't see how that works. Out. It could work out anymore. Yeah, you know, I really don't. Yeah, it it's really it's a big stretch, I think. And Kate just seems so content to be with Sawyer and. Mm-hmm. Jack's kind of like a dream that she never thinks will ever happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So Sawyer and Juliet are walking together and he asks her, you know, what they were working on when he, when he and Kate were on the chain gang. And uh, she says a runway, you know, for the aliens and she kind of smiles, but she says she doesn't know what it's for. So it's a runway, but yeah, she doesn't know what it's to be used for. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Like building this runway in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, yeah, which is is really it is really strange because, to our knowledge, 
from what Ben has said, there's mm-hmm. no other way on or off this island anyway. Right. Other than the sub. Other yeah. than the sub, you know. So it's like, why do you need a, r- a runway for, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like, I mean, if they had a helicopter, they could, you know, fly onto the island without a runway. Right. Oh, yeah. You it's know, some kind of like. It's just kind of odd. Yeah. Some plane has, you know, is going to have to land there for some reason. Right. Right. Oh, let's see here. Um, in the looking glass, you know, Charlie's getting kind of beat down by the mm-hmm. two women that were, d- were down there when he got there. And they say he's one of them, and they want to know how he found out about the station. And they say they've, you know, got to call Ben, and they go into a small room where we see the yellow flashing light. Yep. That was from Desmond's vision. And Ben gets the call and finds out that Juliet told them about the looking glass, told all of the survivors. And he sends Mikhail to take care of the situation. So, you know, Charlie tells them later on that he's there to turn off the jamming equipment, and no matter what they do, he's going to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tell him that he'll have to know the code in order to turn off the jamming equipment. And it's clear that he's pretty surprised that there's there's something he's going to have to know that he doesn't already know yeah. in order to complete this, you know, task, this mission he's on. And, um, you know, up on the surface of the water, Desmond wakes up finally and realizes that Charlie is still down there. And Mikhail starts shooting at him, yeah. which basically forces him into the water. So he swims down to the looking glass as well. Which was really cool. I mean, like mm-hmm. instantly, Charlie's you know prognosis seems so much better oh, having yeah. <laughs> having Desmond there with him to help out. But I thought that was really cool. Definitely, yeah. I actually, um, it, it just it was such a actually positive feeling. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, now I can see how this can actually all work. You right. know, yeah. the starting the pieces started coming together there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we'll talk, we'll have to wait till the next episode to t- talk about how that turned out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so soon Mikhail pops up out of the water as well. You know, he has a conversation with Ben over the radio. And let's listen to that. Okay. Is that true? That's Ben. I'll get it. You have to understand everything I did, I did for the island. The island told you it was necessary for you to jam your own people. Yes, it did. You've always been a loyalist, Mikhail. Now, I'm asking you to trust me. To trust Jacob, who told me to do this. Why would Jacob ask you to lie to your own people? Because this island is under assault by forces stronger than anything it's had to deal with in many, many years. And we are meant to protect it, Mikhail, by any means necessary. The jamming was for everyone's security. We are in a serious situation here. So why not trust me? I made a mistake. I should have told you, and I apologize. Mikhail, are you still there? Yes. I need you to help me. I need you to help me clean up this mess that I've made. I need you to kill Charlie. Make sure that the jamming mechanism continues to function at all costs. And we can't risk Greta and Bonnie telling the others about what we've done, so you'll have to take care of them, too. How do I know you didn't say the same thing to them about me? Because if I had, Mikhail, you'd already be dead. So... You know, Ben says, everything I did, I did for the island. Mm -hmm. Nothing much new there. 
Um, he says Jacob told him to jam the communications. Um, yeah. Which I guess, okay, let's go back to, to a former episode here. Okay. Now, the ep- the part where Ben had Locke over the grave of all mm-hmm. the Dharma people, and he made the comment that, you know, he was going to kill Locke basically because he heard Jacob. Yeah. What What did you take away from that? I mean, did you think that that kind of, kind of indicated something or was it more just Ben was killing Locke because he was able to hear Jacob? No, I mean, okay. If I look at it from the perspective of what uh, Jacob said mm-hmm. was help me, mm-hmm. okay, to me it makes me think that Ben is holding Jacob basically captive, mm-hmm. you know, or something, holding something that captive, the, the people or some kind of, I, I don't know how to explain Jacob you yeah. know, at this point, but the, definitely he's not. he needs help. So mm-hmm. it, it, to me it makes me think that if this is the case, okay, I, I mean, I believe it. Ben's a big fat liar, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, I think that Jacob didn't say keep the thing on there. I think mm-hmm. it's Ben keeping it on there. And if, if it were turned off, then maybe this would be, you know, an opportunity for, you know, um, um, Jacob to be rescued or what, uh-huh. you know, be set free, yeah. whatever this is. But, um, it is interesting to think about, you know, in, in retrospect to what he said, because if, if, if it just, if he says, I'm here, Locke. That's mm-hmm. different. Yeah. He says, "Help me." Yeah. And that's well, what Ben can't hear. Well, and I guess, I guess, whenever I saw that, I inferred, you know, kind of made the assumption that he said that to Locke and killed Locke because he couldn't actually hear Jacob. Oh yeah, Locke yeah. Could. Yeah, that make yeah that makes total sense. Yeah. And um, I wondered about this because you know he says Jacob told him to jam the communications, and and I just get the sense that Ben is making all this stuff up. He's kind of saying, well, Jacob told me to do it when Jacob oh, yeah. didn't tell him anything. Yeah, kind of thing. Do you think? I mean, I guess I can't say do you think because I think you may know. Um, but I doubt it. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but like, okay, so Ben's in there yelling and screaming and having this conversation right. with yeah. Ben. Is that a real conversation or is he really? faking it well I, that's what i'm i'm confused about because i don't know if he was or not but um i just felt like he was trying to show Locke what kind of connection and how close of a relationship he had with jacob mm-hmm. like he could talk to jacob just like anybody else and he you know he even said you know can i finish and he was just kind of being you know less than you know respectful yeah i was gonna say if it was somebody that like he kind of led jacob on to be you know he you would mm-hmm. have a whole different especially you don't you don't go and see jacob you get summoned i mean if you yeah. get summoned someone you mm-hmm. basically walk in face down you know what right. i'm saying and it's like i wouldn't imagine ever talking to somebody mm-hmm. with that kind of power the way yeah. he did well and plus he didn't hear jacob say help me yeah. I don't understand why Locke would be able to hear him say something that Ben couldn't. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of scared Ben so much is he could tell that Locke heard Jacob say something and he didn't hear it. Yeah. And it's almost like that's the reason why he killed Locke because it became clear that Locke was who he thought mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. He is this person they're looking for. Most definitely. And that's why he had to get rid of him. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I think that this Ben is just using, you know, this whole idea of Jacob being his, you know, kind of uh, the person that's directing his plans and all of mm-hmm. that stuff as a way of keeping everybody else on the outside. Yeah. And shutting them up anytime they question what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. So he says, this island is under assault by forces stronger than anything it has had to deal with for many, many years. 
and we are meant to protect it by any means necessary. And this is the first time I think we've heard anything about this island being in danger. Yeah. And I thought it was, it's this whole last part of this season is really interesting because we do get to see that, like, it feels like there's this outside group coming in. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, you know, they're, they're basically challenging everything that this island is about mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of going into, you know, uh, emergency mode. Right. Yeah, definitely. Kind of solve the problem here. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just a really interesting comment. He says, we're in a serious situation here. Mm-hmm. And it all stemmed back to kind of the look on Ben's face when he found out that Naomi had landed on the plane yeah. with the, the uh, parachute. Oh, yeah, landed on the island. Yeah, landed on the island, yeah. <laughs> landed on the plane. <laughs> that would be quite a feat, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I totally, uh, yeah, I totally got that too. I was like, you know, it, it makes, I mean, Ben's definitely, definitely in a state of panic, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, he starts man- manipulating again. It's like, you know, it's like he uh, gets this information and, and Mikkel basically calls him off yeah. you know, or calls him out on it, yeah. you know. Yeah, but and it's so interesting, too. I just thought of this. Um, ben, like, you can see his whole attitude and his behavior change. Mm-hmm. Once, all, once he goes into this panic mode, you know, somebody calls him out on something and he says, I lied. Mm-hmm. It's like he's no longer playing the games. It's like this is different. There's, yeah. there's something new. There's something serious going on here. And we don't have time for all these trust issues. Right. So he's just telling the truth. But that's the plague of a liar. It's like you can't tell. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. Okay, yeah, you caught me not lie. I lied, okay? But now yeah. I need you to do something. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> if it's maybe he is panicking and he's telling the absolute truth, which is kind of the way I feel. Yeah. It's like, okay, yes, I screwed up, but this is the truth, and I need you to do this. And if this doesn't happen, this will happen. You right. know, and I kind of get that feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like he's trying to lie again because if, if that were the case, if he got if he got caught in a double lie, it's completely, everything's completely gone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I kind of really listened to the second parts that he says, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I lied about that, but this is the truth. I mean, I almost, yeah. I almost, I did, I do believe that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's this episode or the sec part two, but there's the, he makes a comment that like, it made me look at him differently. And I start to see that maybe his intentions are totally good. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to be evil or kill people. Right. He's trying to do something else. I think it's in the, the next episode. Yeah, I think you're right. Sure. Yeah, I think it is. So he says, I need you to help me clean up this mess I've made. I need you to kill Charlie. You mm-hmm. can't risk the other two women either, so he's supposed to, to so Mikhail is supposed to kill them as well. Um, but this, this all tied into all of the stuff we were just talking about yeah. to me. It's like, this is serious. You know, normally he would never do this. Right. But, you know, this needs to be done kind of thing. Because if that equipment, that jam equipment is turned off, we're in big trouble. Kind of yeah, thing. definitely. Definitely. Okay. So uh, back at the survivor's camp, you know, the others go into the camp to get the women from the marked tents and uh, instead end up getting blown up by Saeed, Jen, and Bernard. Mm-hmm. But Jen ends up getting caught and eventually so does Bernard and Saeed. And uh, Tom radios in and, you know, tells Ben that they knew they were coming and they knew because Juliet betrayed them. Right. And um, they threaten Jen and Bernard. You know, Bernard kind of spills the beans, you know, tells them that everyone is heading to the radio tower and that Carl told them that they were coming that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, later Ben's talking with Richard about their plans. And he says that Richard is taking everyone to the temple yep. as planned. Mm-hmm. First, we've heard about the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, have no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> so. No, I, uh, you know, when I, the only thing is, 
I reference a temple to as a place of like the worship in mm-hmm. some sense, you know, right. or some place of like sacrifice or, you know, it's definitely has a, a, uh, religious, you know, feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering, okay, because we, I look at those big pillars and that big three toed yeah. thing, yeah. you know, this definitely feels like, a you know, I always, when I see stuff like that, I always think of like primitive gods, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, okay, another, a reference to a temple, which sounds like a, you know, primitive religion type thing, you mm-hmm. know? So that's what I thought of, but definitely took note of that. Yeah. So Richard says that they're convinced, you know, that they want to get off the Island and ask what Ben plans to do about it once he confronts them. And he says, he's going to talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. That's the line I was talking about before, oh, okay. where like, Ben could have said a lot of really diabolical things. Like if, you know, if they don't turn back, I'll threaten to kill so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like his intention is truly just to keep them there. Yeah. Like, like he knows what's best for them and he's trying to keep them from yep. making a terrible mistake. Yep. And of course, in part two, we see even more of that. Yeah. He's doing everything he can to keep them there. Not because it's not like he needs them to be there, but it's like he thinks that's what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And that really ties into the whole Jack situation. Yeah, definitely. In the future. Yeah. But that was so interesting to me this time. It really stood out. Definitely. Even whenever Alex asks, you know, you know, when they're on their way to, you know, meet the other or the or the survivor group, mm-hmm. says, well, "Why can't you just let them go?" And he just right. says, "Because I can't." Yeah. You know, it's not like because because it will run everything for me. It's just because I can't. Yeah. You yeah. know, I cannot do that. You know. Yeah. So. It's just so interesting. I mean, it, it adds a whole level of complexity to his character. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's interesting to see him in a different light than kind of been, you know, mind games been, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost like this is said in, you know, in private with Alex. It's not like he's trying to mislead anyone with his comments, right. you know. So it's like you, we get to hear truly what his motivations are. Yep. So in the mass grave, you know, this is the last note I had here. Locke wakes up and finds a gun on one of the bodies. He's about to use it to put himself out of his misery, you know, when he hears the whispers and Walt shows up at the edge of the grave and tells him not to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And to put the gun down, he tells Locke to get up because he has work to do. Yeah, which is very interesting because Locke, as he's trying to get that gun, you can totally tell that his legs are back to being, he's paralyzed again, Mm -hmm. you know. And he even says, you know, I shot me and I'm, you know, I can't move my legs, you know, and it's just, uh, it's really interesting that mm-hmm. whatever has caused him is, but now he's back to be a, you know, paralyzed man. Okay. Walt looks different as well. I mean, he looks to me to be older, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, but he's also definitely not water Walt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it's definitely regular, like boy at, got out of school, you know, mm-hmm. wearing even, you know, actual regular street clothes. Um, so it's, it's like, he's projecting again, what's around him. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that before, you know, how Walt is, he has some kind of ability wherever he's at. Yeah. Projecting has, himself. Exactly. Places. Yeah. 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 And it totally looks like it's like, you know, wherever he and Michael are, it's like, he's projecting himself from there. Yeah. Like a normal place. It's like, I just got out of school and I got to check in with Locke. Yeah. 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 Walk's in trouble. There. Let me teleport over there real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Very good points. But, yeah, great part one episode. I mean, obviously, part two is the payoff for everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stuff in here, too. Um, but we do have one voicemail we'll go ahead and play right now. Okay. Hi, Anton and Evan. This is Brandon from Alabama here. And uh, you can go ahead and use this on the podcast if you want. 
Um, I'm just calling to make a general observation about the show. Uh, as you know, there are a lot of recurring themes um, in the show, being some being destiny and uh, redemption and father issues and all of that. I was just wondering your thoughts about uh, what do you think of the recurring theme of games in the show up to this point? Because um, here's just a few, backgammon, chess, mousetrap, operation, and a couple of examples here. Um, and walk about, Locke was playing a military-related game um, during his lunch break. And also in the season one finale, Jack asked Locke, you like to play games, John? And then Locke replied, oh, yes. Like he was very into it, like it was all a game to him. So I was just wondering your thoughts on that. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye. So any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we've made reference to the games a lot. You know, I definitely feel like um, there's definitely a game element to this island. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's definitely um, how you play the game is what you get out of it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like any game. You play the game to the best that you possibly can, you're going to win. You know, and that's the way it kind of seems here. It's like the, as, as, you know, Jack has struggled all this stuff, and he has a choice. You know, it's kind of like a, a game, like I think of um, – trying to think of a game that matches well but maybe something like risk or something like that where you have you have choices mm -hmm. you know those choices have consequences and and it, and it, and each person has the it is playing a game and it's totally like um each game that we've seen has played into the episode very well yeah you know mm -hmm. but i believe i mean i like well, his kind of theory on this or i can at least it seems like he's alluding to that you know you could pull back and look at this thing from a game perspective mm -hmm. you could definitely see you know, very game-like strategies and yeah. and things like that. You know, you know, character characters. You know, trying to build themselves up to highest levels and uh -huh. you know. So yeah, I think so too. I mean, I've never had much of a theory about like how the the whole game thing plays in. It's it's always kind of seemed more like the writers are using it as kind of an analogy to mm -hmm. some of the things that are happening in the island. Just like what you said, they're just kind of using it more of a, of a device sure. to kind of. Um, if nothing else, just make us draw the draw the same conclusions that yeah. there's, you know, the stuff that's going on on this island is in a lot of ways like a game. Mm -hmm. uh, but but yeah, I've never thought about it much more than that. But that's a great 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 idea though. Definitely. Let's see here. I think we got another voicemail as well. Hey, Anton and Evan, it's Jed from Des Moines, Iowa. Just finished listening to the Brig, and I felt compelled to call and say a few comments. First off, you guys did a fantastic breakdown of the scene with Sawyer and Anthony Cooper. Um, this is an amazing moment for Sawyer's character to actually confront the demon that is the other Sawyer within him that created the uh, kind of the anger and tortured him his whole life. But the, the scene itself was just amazing. Um, the two actors going back and forth, especially Anthony Cooper, I really enjoyed first off that he his, his uh, idea that this was hell and just him going back and forth with Sawyer not conceding not 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 saying not allowing himself to apologize to Sawyer and and you know taking what he did and saying I, I this is it I'm a con man and if whatever happened happened I was not responsible so in theory he's in hell Telling the demon that's about to torture him that uh, 
you know what? I chose my path, and uh, I'm not going to say I'm sorry for it. It was a fascinating scene, really great stuff, and you guys did a great job of breaking it down. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to make one little comment, especially to Anton here. Enjoy where you are right now in Lost. Um, the next four episodes of season three, season four, and five, things go ballistic. I, I just felt like um, this is actually the man behind the curtain is one of the last gasps of being able to hold on to. I knew what was happening in Lost. It was, uh, I knew what to expect. And after that episode, just all hell breaks loose. It's it's crazy. I, things are just on fast forward everywhere. I don't didn't. I still don't know what's happening, or or, or what characters are where, and it's it's just crazy. So I mean, this is the last moment of any sort of calm for Lost. Uh, things get a little nutty after this, Anton. So hold on tight. Uh, great show, guys. I love it. And uh, I can't wait for the big cast. I will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Jed, for your message. Some great stuff there. Um, the the brig is is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, it was great. If for no other reason, because of the performances by you know um, Anthony Cooper and, and Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just amazing to see Sawyer's character come full circle. And yeah. it's, it's almost like he's come to terms with who he was and now he's almost different oh yeah definitely. in a lot of ways i think definitely and as far as you know the show just kind of changing after this point i definitely think so for whatever reason um after season three it's like they they realized they were halfway done with the show mm-hmm. and they needed to spend a lot of time answering questions asking some as well but answering a lot of questions mostly and uh it seems like the show is on fast forward from season four on Wow. And uh, just, but what's a crazy is it just goes in a direction you're not expecting. And I'm, I'm excited for us to dig into season four. Well, just even getting into the season three finale. Yeah. It's like they set that up, at least in my mind. I mean, because I'm coming out of this, these episodes going, what, what, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, even just on that little bit, you know, like what's going on, you know? Yeah. It's, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but um, I kind of do get a sense of change in, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the show. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember so well watching the end of season three and just like what in the heck is going to happen in season four yeah. if we already know that they're off the island, mm-hmm. or at least Jack and Kate are, mm-hmm. you know, what the heck is going to happen? Yeah, that's, you know? that's where I'm at. Because, I'm, yeah, and it's, I remember so vividly like the, the, sitting there just thinking about it afterwards and like, you know, the whole show to this point has been about them getting off of that island mm-hmm. and that was the the goal. Yeah. And and at this point it's like, well, we already know that's going to happen. So there are three seasons left. Right. And what is that going to be about? Yep. You know, because they're not going to spend three seasons just telling you about, you know, how they got off or whatever, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I thought about that last night. I was like, will it be interesting to see Cat or Cat? Yeah, Cat yeah, <laughs> and Jake. You guys are friends now. Cat and Jake. Yeah, I made them up, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Jack and Cat, Kate. <laughs> oh, I can't get it right. <laughs> Jack and Kate. Off the island, like, you know, I saw that, you know, we'll get to that, that mm-hmm. too. But, like, like, the whole idea is just, like, how can they go off the island? You know, the island's such a character mm-hmm. to this show, you yeah. know? So yeah. it's like, so, yeah, I'm at that point going, okay, now what? Yeah. And I, I do remember being a little f- afraid at the end of season three also. Like, I'm I'm really not so sure what I would think of this show if the island weren't a component. Yeah. 
like I love the characters, but what could they possibly do to keep it interesting enough to make me right. want to keep watching? You know? Yeah, I'm I'm not interested in seeing Jack in like ER, you know, like yeah. the show ER. You yeah, know, exactly. I'm like okay, like nah. I'm in the real world doing normal yeah, things. Nah. Yeah, no, right, okay. Well, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I know I definitely haven't been. Okay. Um, but what we've seen so far, and we'll talk about more in the next episode. Um, leads us into the rest of the series, okay. I think. And I'm, I'm really excited for us to start going through all that stuff together. So you have anything else about part one? That's it. Uh, great part one. All right. Well, we're going to turn this off and actually start recording part two, uh, probably here in the next hour or two. So uh, we're really excited to talk about that. Um, but you guys will have to wait until Wednesday to hear part two of Through the Looking Glass. And until then, have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.